guests, you've come for a very special day. Not only have you got to see Nathan Capps out of breath, struggling to make it through the welcome, you have come here for Elder Ordination Day. And that may not sound very exciting, but I promise you it is. When you look at the church in the New Testament, the highest role is that of an elder. In fact, in American history, James A. Garfield was an elder who became president. And when he became president, he said, I'm stepping down from the eldership to be the president of the United States. And so today, maybe this idea of elders is new, or if you've never been in a church that actually had elders, today could be very informative as we study this together. Now, we're studying from 1 Peter chapter 5. If you have your phone or have your Bible, like to turn there. And that's the scripture that most directs this role. But before we dive into that passage, I want to talk a moment about the two examples in this passage. Because it's made it so much more meaningful to me to read this. First of all, we've got Jesus as the ultimate example of a shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. Could you say, thank God for Jesus? Could you act like you love Jesus? Thank God for Jesus. I mean, he's the ultimate model. When we talk about wanting to be a shepherd, it's Jesus who's going to show us exactly what that looks like. But here's what I really love. Not only in this passage is Jesus the model, but so is Peter, Simon Peter. If you're like me, I quite often say, thank God for Peter. Will you say that with me? Now, why do we say that? Because Peter makes so many mistakes. I mean, if you're reading through the Gospels, he's the, he's the apostle who can't shoot straight. I was in a class the other day, and it's that scene where Jesus has this weird teaching about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and people freak out, and they start leaving. And, and, and Peter says, Jesus, where else could we go? You have the words of eternal life. And the teacher said, you better circle that one because that's one of the only times in the gospel Peter ever gets it right. But here we find out in this passage, not only is Peter an apostle, but he's an elder. You know, often when a brother is asked to serve as an elder in our church, they normally say, I don't know why you're asking me. I'm not worthy I'm not good enough for this. My goodness, Peter gives us hope, right? Peter had a bad past. Peter made lots of mistakes. And yet he became a shepherd in God's church. And, and it's today as we ordain these men and we uh, celebrate the men who served in this role for years. Because we're not asking for people that are perfect. We're asking for people with a heart for God and his people. And I'll tell you, every one of these 12 men we'll celebrate today have that. So let's get in the passage. And again, it's helped me remember who's writing this. It's Simon Peter. Verse 1, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and as a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but be an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. 
In the same way, you who are younger, now he's talking to us, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Now, if you're new to us today, Landmark is what I call a restoration church. We're part of a movement that said, let's just go back to the Bible and let's see how Jesus dreamed about his church and what it was like. And you'll be surprised when you go to the Bible that the highest organization of the church is Jesus Christ. He is the leader of the church. And each individual congregation answered directly to him and was led by always a plurality of elders. And so as a restoration church, that's who we are. Now, let's think about this. Let's think about the high role of an elder, okay? Now, here's what I'm about to say to you. Elders were called different names in Scripture, not because it's different people, but because it says something different about what they do. For instance, you may call me preacher. You may call me minister. You may use the biblical word of evangelist. Some of you call me words I can't say in public. But you, 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 you call someone different names. But when it comes to an elder, there are three primary names. The first is that term elder. And that's not saying someone is elderly. It's simply saying they have enough life underneath their feet that they have gained wisdom and they have gained maturity. Now, the word elder was not a church word back then. If you belonged to a local village, it was normally led by a group of elders. If you were in a Jewish synagogue, it was led by elders. So that's part of what we mean is we want people that are mature, and people who have wisdom. Another word used in Scripture and in this passage is the word overseer. And that describes the managing, guiding element of an elder, overseer. It's not like the old boy who got up in church one Sunday and really wanted to thank God for the elders, and he's praying. He said, Lord, Lord God, I want to thank you for these elders who have overlooked this church for 20 years. Well, that, that's how he's going for it. Not overlooking, but overseeing. And that's a very important role. In fact, Timothy will say in 1 Timothy, the elders, the overseers, direct the affairs of the church. Now, the most descriptive and most distinctive, and I would have to say, for us, the most difficult term that we need to get a handle on this morning is the term shepherds, all right? Now, in the New Testament, when, when Peter says, hey, you're shepherds, they go, oh, man, I saw a shepherd with his sheep outside when I was walking to church today. But for us, I, I don't know about you, but I don't know any shepherds. Anybody in here know a shepherd? Okay. Uh, Allison in first service actually knew a shepherd. I'd like to meet him, right? We, so we, we don't have this familiar picture to, to go to. What is a shepherd? Well, I'd say, first of all, a shepherd is someone who has a close sacrificial style of leadership. And let's think about that just for a second. Jesus calls himself, actually, in John chapter 10, he calls himself the good shepherd. Well, he, he describes what a shepherd does in that passage. Listen to some of these quotations. He calls his own sheep by name. A shepherd is not somebody above everybody else. He's someone there who knows people, knows their name. And he also says, the sheep, 
follow him, for they know his voice. That's a beautiful picture. You see, if you were a shepherd in the first century, you would take your sheep out to graze every day. And then at night, you would take them to a pen. And and often, you might put them in a pen with other sheep from other shepherds. And so when the next morning came and you had to get your sheep, you would just stand at the front of your pen and start yelling their names. Buffy, Scruffy, just, just please come on out. Now, here's the cool thing. They knew the shepherd's voice so well that the right sheep always came out. They knew that voice and they followed. Jesus also says this shepherd goes ahead of them. He leads them. If one of them gets lost, the shepherd does something mathematically that makes no sense to us. He leaves the 99 to go after the one. At one point, Jesus said, I'm the gate of the sheep. Now, that, that's hard for us to understand, but here's, here's how you got to understand it. When, when they put the sheep in the pen, obviously there's a door to the pen, but they didn't have a hinge door. And so in order to protect the sheep, the shepherd would literally lay down and sleep at the door. And that's why Jesus says a shepherd literally lays his life down for his sheep. Now, we need to see this. As hard as this is for us to grasp because we don't see this in our culture, we need this because often we bring to church the styles of leadership that we see in the world. We might say a shepherd should be a cowboy. He's out there shouting and screaming and cracking his whip and prompting them and prodding them. My friends, in the Bible, a shepherd is not a cowboy. He does not drive people. He leads people. We might say, man, the sheriff... I mean, the, the, the elders there, the sheriff of the church. And many of us have experienced this. So the most dreaded words for many of us growing up in church was, the elders would like to meet with you. Anybody ever experienced that? I grew up in a day where we were more scared of the elders than drawn to the elders. Because that meant you were in trouble and you were called in by the sheriff. That's not the picture. And then what's a really picture, easy picture for us is the elders are a board of directors. And, and, and that's not the way scriptures present that. An, an elder is not a board of directors meeting in some smoke-filled, well, probably not smoke-filled, I mean some, some closeted room up here handing down edicts to all of us lowly people. No, oh, they make decisions, but that's not their primary role. The primary role is to shepherd the flock from among them. Probably the most famous book in Churches of Christ about what it means to be an elder, and it's a great book, is is by a man named Lynn Anderson. He actually spoke in our church before, and it's entitled, They Smell Like Sheep, all right? What's he trying to say there? The elders are so enmeshed in the church that they begin to smell like us. So please, some of you, put some deodorant on, okay? They, They begin to smell like us as they interact with us. And guys, all of this matches what Peter just said to us in 1 Peter chapter 5. Here's some of the essential actions of a shepherd. They're among you. Guys, we we have a big church. And today we'll, we'll be up to 12 elders. That's so awesome because no one, two, or three people could shepherd a church like this. But as I look at these 12 men, I could name 
many of you, or all of you, that are a flock of one of them. And so they may not shepherd every one of us, but they shepherd those people who are close to them. They're among you. They're caring. You know, sometimes we have this old sheriff mentality, you know. The elders have decided. Bop. Guys, elders are caring. They're loving. Sometimes they make decisions out of caring. But Peter understands this really well. I, I imagine when Peter's writing this, he's thinking of that day he denied Jesus, the chief shepherd. And as soon as he said his third denial, guess who looked him in the eyes? Jesus. And he remembered the hurt of a shepherd. <laughs> One of my favorite stories. Um, when I lived in Pensacola, we had an older man named T.C. Barnes. He was just the character of the church there. And he was an ex-elder and had been a great elder. And that church was a great church for many ways because of his leadership. But he was actually my best friend. He's 80 years old. We ate lunch together every Tuesday at the Aroma of Mandarin, all right? And he would always be giving me wisdom and helping me, you know. And I'll never forget one day he looks across the table. He says, buddy, young man, I've got some advice for you. Yes, sir. Oh, just, 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 just tell me. And he says the craziest thing. I know where he's going. He said, buddy, don't ever appoint a doctor to be an elder. And I'm like, because I knew one of our elders was a doctor. I'm like, what? What are, what are you saying here, TC? He said, don't appoint a doctor to be an elder because they're trained to care too much. Now, in, in, right then, TC was frustrated because they wouldn't make bold decisions. So I knew where he was coming from. But I don't think you'd ever find scripture saying, don't appoint a soft-hearted person to be an elder. That's what you want. Someone who cares for people. They're also watchful. The role of these overseers is to look after people who go astray and to go after them. To be aware of false teaching. Guys, we live in a day where in so many churches you can go and hear things that are directly in violation of Scripture. And our elders are to make sure that doesn't happen. Now, now, you know, Peter also says they're not to be domineering. They're not to lord it over people. They're not these CEO bosses. I, I like what I heard one elder say. A church leader who has to assert their authority doesn't have much. A message translation says they, they, they don't bossily tell people what to do, but they lovingly show them the way. And then another great is they're eager. One of the first qualifications of an elder is that they desire to be an elder. Because I'm going to tell you guys, this is an extremely demanding job. I came home last month after our elders meeting. And I'll tell you, we got a great group of elders. And I so often on one of those nights I come home to Stephanie and say, man, I am so blessed to be able to work under these men. But that, that night, we'd started our meeting at 5.30, and it didn't end until 9.30. And it wasn't just talking about a bunch of business. It was basically talking and praying about people. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, guys, you know, I, I'm so blessed to be paid to do what I do. But these nine men I'm meeting with that are giving their time, they just got off one job and they've come to this, and they're giving all of that time. I think, what a blessing. You've got to be eager to want to lead in this way. And finally, Peter says they lead by example. They're people that we want to follow. And so um, 
You go, okay, buddy, after everything you've said there, that's pretty tough. Why would someone want to be an elder? We have lots of people in this room that are probably qualified to be an elder. But if you were asked, you might say, no, don't want to do that. I don't want that kind of responsibility. Now, Peter goes in some great detail about the blessings of being an elder. Let me give you these real quickly. Number one, a close walk with Jesus. I'm telling you, you want to be close to Jesus. Whether it's being an elder or being a small group leader or being a ministry leader, and you're out there trying to accomplish things for God and trying to lead people, and sometimes you feel so inadequate, I'm telling you what you have to do. You have to lean on that chief shepherd, and you develop such a close relationship. Number two is simply the joy of pleasing God. Let me me explain something to many of you are new here. In the New Testament, in our church, and this may bother you, but it's just the truth, we're not a democracy. Now, why shepherds listen to people, take input, but on the long run, it was God's plan for the most mature and godly to make important decisions. That's one of the red-letter dates of this church. I share it in every Landmark 101 class. One of our great elders in the past, a man named Dick Thompson, still a part of our church. And our church was going through a lot of transition and a lot of changes. And Dick stood up on this stage one day. He says, church, you know how much your elders love you, but I've got to make something clear. We are no longer making decisions simply to please you. From now on, your elders will make decisions to please God. And let me tell you guys, for you nine men have so boldly and courageously led this church, let me tell you, I hope you have great joy that you're being obedient to God. I'm not, I, if I can just be honest here for a second, that a church of Christ has a service like we have right now is a pretty radical thing. And I can tell you, the nine men who made that decision, not one of them had to do it for themselves. They had been perfectly happy with a cappella music the rest of their life, right? But you know what? That's not the way they make decisions. They make decisions according to what's going to please God and what's going to fit the mission. And now to see this place packed like this and us reaching people that we didn't reach before, I'm asking you nine men to have a sense of joy that God empowered you to be able to do those kind of things. And that's just one example. Number three, a submissive following in the church. This is where we come in. We make their job a joy. Listen to Hebrews 13, verse 7. Have confidence in your leaders and submit. We don't even like that word, do we? It's a biblical word. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those, think about this, who must give an account Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that wouldn't be good. That would be of no benefit to you. Guys, we've got a choice here today. Either we can lovingly submit, even when we don't get our way, or we can make their job a burden. What I love about this church, and if you're new to this church, what I can tell you is there is great unity here. We don't have a lot of gripers. Sometimes we need to have some gripers. But we don't have a lot of gripers. But what we must do is when our shepherds have to make decisions, not on biblical truth, but decisions about what we do as a church, our job is to submit. Honestly, if we had put the musical instruments issue up for a vote, I think it would have lost. 
But when you put it in the hands of godly shepherds who have more than my likes and dislikes in their heart, different things happen. So thank God for that. So we need to make their job a joy by lovingly submitting. Number four, I love what Peter says. These men are going to one day receive a crown of glory. Now in Peter's day, if you participate in an athletic event, that's the way you awarded the winner. You put a crown on their head. If we were writing this today, we'd say, you know, you elders who sacrifice so much, who love so deeply, who serve so readily, one day God's going to give you a gold medal. And I want to say to our shepherds today, all 12 of them, there's going to be days, guys, leadership is a lonely place. And there's going to be days you're going to feel lonely. There's going to be days that you feel discouraged. There's going to be some days when somebody you love and you've been trying to shepherd walk the other way and your heart is broken. I want you to to remember that nobody else may see what you've been doing, but absolutely guaranteed God sees exactly what you're doing and he will reward you on that last day. So I challenge you all to live for an audience of one. Then in the long run, you will give an account to God. So, this is our opportunity now to ordain our new shepherds. So, I want to ask all the existing shepherds to come up here on this stage, on this top stage. And as they're coming, we're going to ask the new shepherds and their wives to come stand on this second platform and face them at this moment. Guys, what we're about to do is really, really exciting. And we do it in such a way today to illustrate its importance. So Brother Charlie Gibbons is going to lead us in this ordination. Good morning, Landmark. As a New Testament church, Landmark is an elder-governed body, which is girded by Christ, guarded and led by elders, guided by ministers, gifted by people. Each of us have a role in the body of Christ. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, 
grows and builds itself in love as each part does his work. In obedient response to this passage, we select men from our number to serve as a shepherd or elder and ask them to walk with, to encourage, to mentor, to counsel, and and when necessary, to discipline and correct the church family. Your elders watch over the health of our church to make sure we're headed in a godly direction, to promote maturity and harmony, to hold up the word of God as the standard by which we live. This does not mean every decision are made by us, by elders, or that we micromanage. Nor do we do all the planning and leading. The elders recognize the giftedness of this church and trust our staff, our deacons, ministry leaders, but the elders are ultimately responsible for the welfare and direction of this church. Today, we elders come before this church to appoint Al Crosby, Jason Furr, and Josh Roberts as fellow elders and shepherds of this body. Today, we formally place Al, Jason, and Josh in position of spiritual leadership in this church with great responsibility that comes in shepherding the bride of Christ. This is a solemn calling. And scripture says, these men will keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. I would now ask a series of questions to Al and Josh and Jason. At the end, they will, they will respond. We are being asked to, you are being asked to assume the responsibility of a shepherd, an overseer, and an elder. Will you serve Jesus Christ as your Lord? Will you teach and model the gospel of Christ? Will you ensure the healthy teaching that strengthens the Lord's people? Will you guide patiently and prayerfully? Will you lean on the Spirit of God as you equip the church for acts of faithfulness? Will you pray for us when we are sick, minister to us when we are hurting, and rejoice with us when we are blessed? And will you be great among us by serving as Christ did? If you agree and pledge, then I ask you to affirm by saying, with God's help, I will. Now we have the opportunity as a church to support this group. Would you guys come up this stage now and turn this way? Sorry, someone's cluttered our stage. But if you would please just stand that way. Congregation, this is our chance for us to um, fulfill our obedient role. So I'm going to say a few words and ask you and I some questions that we will say to encourage these men and affirm their leadership. As a church, we're also giving a scriptural charge that we look at our leaders 
and we are to consider their way of life and to imitate it. We are also commanded to submit to their authority so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. So today, we affirm our belief that God has called Al, Jason, and Josh to join our eldership to shepherd our congregation. What an exciting day. Brothers and sisters, we're commanded to submit and make their job a joy. So let me ask you the following questions, and then we will have also an opportunity to agree and to affirm. Will you, will I, follow these men in service of Christ? Will you be respectful of their leadership and imitate their faith? Will you support them in prayer and serve them in peace? Will you do all of these things knowing that this pleases the Lord and shows the world the perfection of His ways? If you so agree and pledge, then I ask you to affirm by saying, with God's help, we will. Would you say that? With God's help, we will. Let's pray together. Dear Father, our great and good shepherd and the sweet spirit, we come to you in a time that is very sobering for the 12 of us that stand here along with the wives and the families. But Father, this is a great time of celebration as you have um, prospered this body, as you have grown this body, and it comes a need to, to, to have many shepherds. And we're thankful to be a part of that. Father, I have been a privilege to watch these men shepherd for the years that my family has been here. And so, Father, today this prayer is for all 12 of us with at, at the top of this prayer uh, for the three men and their wives who stand before us, Al and Jason and Josh. Father, I give you thanksgiving for the lives that they've lived um, in this place. They have encouraged me. They've helped me to grow. Father, we ask of you to give these men more patience, more endurance, an untiring spirit, a joyful heart, because, Father, there are times that you know that this is not easy, that the journey is difficult and uh, it's long sometimes, but filled with joy and just to have the privilege of standing with our brothers and sisters in watching Jesus be formed in them. And thank you for that. Father, I pray that these men, uh, the 12 of us, will stand for not just the 90 and 9, but for the 1. And Father, I pray that each of us would be willing to lie in the gate, to protect, to serve, to help, to nurture, and to make this journey a journey of togetherness instead of from a place in that smoky room that uh, Buddy talked about earlier. Uh, Father, we just will continue to call on you. We lean on you, and I pray that that grows each and every day. Thank you for this great day when these three families and these three men stand with us. And Father, we look forward to the days and the times that lie ahead. We pray this through the Good Shepherd. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Church, to uh, help these men to remember our submission to them in this special, special day and how the Bible describes their leadership, we're going we're gonna to commit and present to every one of our elders a shepherd's staff for them to keep and to look at. And I want to be the first to present the first one. And I want to submit it to our longest-serving shepherd, Brother Don Terode. You get to keep it this time. All right, our shepherds and their wives are now going to go to communion tables where they're going to serve communion. You actually get to keep your staffs this service, all right? So enjoy that. And everybody can be seated. Is the first act of this eldership. They are going to be here to serve. And they're going to serve the holy emblems of communion. You see, when Jesus described leadership, he knew it was radically different than the leadership of the world. It was servant leadership. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So today, as we take communion, as you go to these tables... You'll go to our shepherds and their wives, and they are going to serve you, emblematic of their hearts for you today. And also as you go to these tables, you will also be remembering what Jesus has done for you. He's given his life as a ransom for you. The reason they have hope, we have hope, is because of Jesus. One of the great roles of a shepherd is to feed the flock. And I would remind you right now that they are about to feed you food that will sustain you as you face this week. Though it may look like just a little bit of cracker and a little bit of juice, it symbolizes both the body and the blood of Jesus. And what gives us hope and what sustains us are these emblems and what they represent and the power behind them. So this morning, please go to one of these tables and be served and be fed by your shepherds. Let's pray together. God, we thank you above all else that Jesus gave his life as a ransom. When we were enslaved, when we were in bondage, he came and through his death, burial, and resurrection freed us. Today we celebrate. May we eat. May we drink deeply. And may we be different as we walk out of this place later today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're new with us today, we come to a time of prayer in our church, and our shepherds are going to surround this worship center today and ask all of you to go ahead and get in place, and you can look around and you can see, you know, one of their greatest joys, if you ask our shepherd, what's their favorite thing about being a shepherd of this church? It's the privilege to pray with each other, and that's a command from Scripture, James 5, 14. Are any of you sick? What do you do? 
You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And so, so often during this moment, we invite you, if you have a need, to go to one of our shepherds and let them pray over you. But on this special day, I would like to reverse what we do. Today, I want to invite you to pray over one of these couples. You can see up here the Roberts and the Crosbys and the Furs and Praters and over there the Meadows and back corner the Tarodes and see the Langhams and see the Henrys and see uh, Charlie and Gloria and see um, the Arringtons and Charlie and Gloria here. And so at this moment, especially if you feel especially drawn or close, just go surround them and pray. If there's a bunch of you, just select someone to pray. And we're going to have about six or seven minutes to do this as we sing together. But just feel free to come and pray. Now, if today you have a prayer request, meet me here on this front row and we'll pray for you before we leave. Or if today's the day that you want to follow the chief shepherd, or today's the day that you would like to commit to not just being a spectator in our church, but being a leader. Whether that means up front or behind the scenes as a small group leader or ministry leader or any kind of servant. And today you see the examples of these 12 families and you go, God help me be, help me be one of those. What an awesome day if we'd have some brothers and sisters come to this front row and say, I want to be that. So let's all stand, let's sing our song, let's pray over our shepherds, and let's celebrate what God has done.